Our loving Father, we come to you, Lord, with nothing present but ourselves as your earthen vessels, presenting your word from your point of view. And we ask, Lord, you'll help these young people be able to gather together information and wisdom that will be able to guide them in their walk through this life. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So our seminar here is <clears throat> entitled Points of View, God. We're going to share with you some information this afternoon and introduce yourselves to us. We're not regular presenters here. We just happen to be parents of one of your classmates. And as you can see on the screen there, she uh, decided to share a fairly recent picture of us, so you'll be able to recognize us some other time. <laughs> well, we only have 100 minutes, so, um, and like my husband said, we have no other credentials except what God has given to us, so, but you are today our children, okay? All of you who are uh, under you 27 are years old. Our adult children, our young adult children, and because you're our children, we thought this scripture would be uh, very appropriate. Uh, my son and daughter, please hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. But truly, this is the, we're trying to present from the word of the Lord. All right. The so, over, oh, go ahead. As we said before, our credentials here are simple. We bring to you our study of the scriptures our personal life experiences, both good and bad, observation of our peers, and a lot of knee time. Right, and the overarching thought that we want you all to get from this is from Proverbs 4.23, and we'll come back to this several times. It says, keep watch or guard your heart, right? Be with, with what? All diligence, because out of the things that you let in are the issues of life. And we have experienced what that really means. Do you want good issues or do you want bad issues? Guard your heart. All right. So first question, how many of you would like to date? Or be in a relationship. Okay. Come on, you Nobody guys. wants to date. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not loaded. It's not a trick question. How many of you like to date? Would Either like would to. If like you haven't. To. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a good thing. I mean, it's not me, but. <laughs> okay, campus security, get that one, that one, that <laughs> one. Carry them out of the room. Dating verboten. Okay. How many of you would like to be in a relationship? Yeah. Oh, right. wow. Okay. Okay. That one's better embraced. John. So, you guys, if you want to be in a relationship, I'm just going to put it out there. You need to have goals. So let's, you well, have to have goals. Let's add one more point. Mm -hmm. Our first session here will cover, encapsulate this, how you can be interesting from God's view. And we want to make a disclaimer here that we're referring to dating and courting kind of synonymously here. Dating we define as making appointments to get to know and spend time with someone. Courting is called the wing of one person by another and can be mutual. But we're gonna use them interchangeably so we wanna make sure we clarify those definitions. And we're covering dating initially from the 10,000 foot view. 
We believe dating is a character assessment, a lifestyle evaluation. You've missed the video. Did I miss it? You've missed the video. <laughs> no. Um, so, as we've gotten our claims a little mixed up here, does this express for any of you your search for someone special in your life? Don't all raise your hands at the same time, because I've been there. You've been there. <laughs> and I will then now return to our disclaimer, as we discussed earlier, dating, courting, interchangeably, but moving forward. So what is dating? What is God's view of dating? Well, my wife and I believe dating is first and foremost a character assessment, a lifestyle evaluation. Um, we kind of see it as akin to a lifetime interview process. Wrap mm -hmm. your mind around that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you lots of scripture to support our research, and we'll start here with Matthew chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. And it says, Yep. It says, <laughs> Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by your fruits, your fruits, ye shall know them. So dating is a little bit of an inspection of fruit. We have to kind of inspect to know what we're getting, right? Again, Dating, we're just using that term, courting, all of it is spending time to assess character. So please don't get caught up on the words, okay? All right, because I know that's a question in today's age. All right, so dating, the next thing, it is not recreational. Well, well first of all, is it? Is it recreational? No. Can you have fun when you're dating? Yes. Yes. You know, when my husband and I were dating, um, this was like way back in the dark ages. Uh, <laughs> Not that long ago, it's only the last century. <laughs> well, we, um, one day he thought, I'm gonna surprise her for her birthday. And he and my roommate, they made plans together and he kidnapped me. <laughs> and they blindfolded me and put me in the car. And who did we uh, drive up beside, honey? 5-0. The police, right? And I was uh, very energetic, and I was screaming, Help! Somebody help me! Of course, <laughs> the police <laughs> never, never turned and saw, but we had fun. It was really nice. My roommate and my husband <laughs> got together, and they made this plan so that we could just celebrate our birthday, and I had a nice little picnic. So it can be fun, but it is not for the purpose of fun. Oh, and there's a scripture that, um, let's choose one. Ecclesiastes 11.9 says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of youth. So it's not, okay, I got, I got to, no, it's fun. But it is not for the purpose of fun. It can be fun, but it's not for the purpose of fun. We also believe, from God's view, it's a genuine progression toward unselfishness. So as we start out, it's about what we want and what we want. But for you to actually date, you've got to come together 
comity, a meeting of minds, some common relationships here, some relationship building. And we found very strongly that as that friction goes on, it builds a case where you care about someone you unselfishly give to that right. other person. Right. Looking at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it gives us a template here. Self must die in relationship. When we look at a person, you have to ask, is there, is a, is there an establishment of unselfishness taking place in their life? Is there character building? Now, at this stage of life, between ages of maybe 16 to 22, there's a huge change going on in life. Mm -hmm. And so, looking at a freshman, you can't expect them to necessarily be postgraduate student. Yes. And, and when my husband talks about, um, is it kind of sentimental? Are we just excited, like, oh, they're so unselfish, they opened the door for me. That's nice. It's something nice to do, but it needs to be more than that. It needs to be a pattern of, of unselfishness. You're, you're looking and you're observing, is this person generally uh, unselfish? And some people, my husband, uh, one of our daughters was, um, someone was interested and he was doing some really nice things and my husband was like, that, that's just surface. That's just surface. What, what's the general trajectory? <coughs> okay, <laughs> so. So I wanna ask you, why date? Choose someone to answer that question. Anyone wanna okay. answer? Who's looking me in the eyes? Speak to again? marry that person. To marry that person. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good one. We'll, we'll hold that one. Anyone else? To marry someone. To marry someone, if that person. Okay, there's little synonymous here, but she's a little more focused than you are. You're kind of out there. Someone. Someone. Some, oh, okay. Okay, but by your statements, I would say that there is some convergence there. Right. We said that success in any line de demands a definite aim. That's from Spirit of Prophecy. So, yes, it's okay. Marriage is what? What does the Bible say about marriage? It is, it's honorable. It's okay to have that goal. That should be the goal of a Christian. Um, and uh, a Spirit of Prophecy uh, also says, oh, I don't know that the Spirit of Prophecy says this, but my husband and I say this all the time. Whoever you hitch your wagon to controls your destiny. Be very careful how, you know, the, what you're aiming at and how you get there. And we'll talk about that some more. <clears throat> so you've already established then that it has a purpose, it has a goal. And based on your two statements, that end goal is marriage. Okay? So... We understand from the Bible in Genesis, it says that it's not good or ideal that man should be alone, and that applies to man and woman. He's built us for a relationship. Yes. He created us. Absolutely. Man and woman, male and female and the animals, and then he brought us forth and joined us together for that relationship, and then to build more and new relationships. So don't be embarrassed if you want to be married. God said that's good, right? Don't be <coughs> embarrassed. We're Christians here. But what's another reason? What's another aim or purpose for us wanting to be married or to have relationships? Hint. We're Christians. Hint. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> Not only are we Christians, guys, so you know, what, whatsoever you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God, but what kind of Christians are we? We're Seventh-day Adventist Christians, and with being Seventh-day Adventist Christians, we have 
a unique purpose, right? And uh, Revelation 14, 7, you guys have um, heard that scripture before, I'm sure. What does that say? Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. Why? Because the hour of his judgment is come. We want people to see the character of God in our relationships so that they too will get to know who God is, love him, and not be um, in trouble at, these, at the end of time. Oh, so. <laughs> How do you guys think young people should begin dating? This dating venture. What, what, what do you think? Tinder? <laughs> okay, Adventist singles. Yes. And that's good. That's good. Anyone else? Yes? You can really date a friend you've known for at least a year. That way you have a neutral objection of them before you go into that. Mm, okay. Okay. One more. No more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Pray to God to guard our hearts. So, honey. Is it bad if we use a matchmaking app? Well, I'd have to qualify that by saying it depends on which you use and its purpose. You well know the answer to that, but I would also say that if you can do, uh, perform that social networking using godly principles we're going to show you, go for it. Because you guys, sometimes we get locked in, oh, well, I can't, I can't, I can't. If you can use the principles that my husband and I say that we're, we are going to share, if you can stick to those principles found in the word of God, then maybe it, there's not a can't, but you've got to be very careful. We have to be very careful. So Joan, how do yes. we begin this dating adventure? Well, I believe we should start with understanding. Yes. Kind of had a hint there, there. Proverbs 19.2 says, desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Hmm. Yeah, we need the knowledge, right? Because everybody here knows how to do it, right? We don't even really, you know, we learn through trial and error for, we dated for a good long time, not advisable. We dated for five years, not advisable. But the scripture says that knowledge without understanding, so hopefully we're gleaning today things from the scripture. Okay, so you guys need some how-to. We wish we had some how-to. Um, so my husband was saying as we were putting this together, what we received was a lot of what not to do. Anyone have that experience? Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we want to talk about what we should do based on, not Joan and Rodney, based on the word of the Lord. So first and foremost, we want to make sure the word of the Lord is the standard. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. That's a promise. 
So asking of God, we find what God has to say to us primarily through? Through his word. That's right. Okay. So, you know, in that scripture from uh, Proverbs 19.2, where it says, Desire without knowledge is good. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way or sins. Well, Spirit of Prophecy has this wonderful little quote. Make haste slowly. Have you all heard that before? What in the world? Make haste slowly. So, what we feel that God was saying through his prophet was, get prepared. Give it a lot of consideration. Don't not do it. Some people get stalled and not, but be wise. Make haste slowly. <laughs> Very slowly. When should you date? I'm stepping ahead so I can give some hints here. <laughs> Middle when should school. you date? Really? High school? Okay. Okay. Postgraduate school. We always skip college. We'll skip college. Postgrad? <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's roll it back. Okay. So we're not going to give you a time frame. That's dependent on several factors, maturity and other things. But what we want to say is that you need to determine first the appropriate time. There's a wonderful scripture, honey. Can you pull that up there? Isn't that great, you guys? Look at it. Some bad stuff happens if we awaken love before it's time. We need to be prepared. And? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you may be, another, I love, if you haven't read Spirit of Prophecy, read it. God has given her so much good information that's balanced. And we took largely what we have here from the Bible, of course, and letters to young lovers, which my husband will talk about a little bit later. But she says, you can be mated, but not matched. If you're mated, but doesn't that sound like something we could, would say now, right? If you're mated, but not matched, that could be a problem. And she says, it will bring a lifetime of woe, right? Okay. Secondly, we think that appropriate time is a time of progressive readiness. We have these conundrums here. Make haste slowly. Progressive readiness. So it's all about pre preparation and moving with wisdom. You take the next step as you clearly examine where you are putting your foot or what you're putting your foot in. Mm -hmm. Okay. We call it disaster preparedness. <laughs> okay? Think well, about it. <laughs> or you, if, you, if you don't, you'll have disaster preparedness, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we're discussing relationships, we often talk about what we want in a potential partner. Everybody been there? Have you all, has anyone made lists? Don't raise your hand. What but we I would, want. We would say to you there are two tracks you need to take. One, what to look for in me. Wait, what to look for in me, and then what to look for in the other person. So in this seminar, we're going to deal with what to look for in me. In the next one, we'll deal with what to look in the other person later. Don't miss the next but one. let's look at ourselves. Yes, and this great scripture reminds us not to be selfish, because we've got to look at ourselves, because we have to be prepared. I needed to be prepared for him. 
right? Right. Okay, so the scripture is, <laughs> do not look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. That's why I, you, have to be prepared, right? Okay, so as we said, we got a whole lot of terminology from Spirit of Prophecy. Uh, it says in Spirit of Prophecy, be interested and be interesting. But we switched it around. We're saying be interesting, session number one. Be interesting, session number two. What everybody probably wants to hear, be interested. But we, we need to do some prep work first. So as we're looking at being interesting here, this is getting us in readiness, getting us prepared to take that proverbial step as we spoke about, Joan. Mm -hmm. And how do I need to prepare? Okay, so we have a list of things. We cannot go through all this because it's just 50 minutes. But we're going to try to do some of them. And um, we have notes if anybody wants our notes afterwards. It's coming. <laughs> so we believe that God has told us from God's view that we need to do some self-assessment. You know, um, oftentimes in assessments, we look at what others think of us or we are influenced by some really crazy kind of things, right? But here's what God's view is of self-assessment. The number one thing is devotional. What is our devotion to the Lord like? Our devotion, not did I get up and read Maranatha. What is our devotion? What does that mean? What is our love for the Lord like, right? And can you imagine you, we should be able to imagine, I'm not the guy from ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> um, we should have contentment in the Lord. Uh, Psalms 1-2 says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and light, night. Another scripture says, um, I delight, that's not the one I'm looking for, but delighting in the Lord, right? We should delight in the Lord. The other thing that we can't need to assess is, you know, we're human and we do have weak points. Is that right? We need to evaluate our weak points. Uh, and David's, or Job said in Job 13, 23, how are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgressions and sins. Sometimes we don't even recognize the things that we do that are so far from the mark or who we are that is just so far from the mark. And we need to ask God to search us, right? All right, number three, we need to seek character growth. We are in a progressive, a lot of times people don't like that word, but progressive is a good word. We ought to be growing. And so we need to be seeking in our love for the Lord. Lord, I love you so much. Show me my, my, uh, my faults and how do I grow to be more and more like you so I can be a blessing to the world. So the scripture says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed unto uh, the word of the Lord. And obviously the scripture that we all mostly know so well from Matthew 6, in our devotion to the Lord, we must make him what? A priority. And that's not just worship. How other ways can we make the Lord a priority? Whatsoever you eat, drink, whatever you do to the glory of God. So it needs to be a priority. Next, from God's view, he wants us to examine our finances. We're going to go through this because there's several we want to go through quickly. 
but we want you to stop, look, examine your financial strengths and weaknesses according to God's word. Mm -hmm. So first we want to look at pleasure more than the plan. <laughs> Proverbs says, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man, and he that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. So it's a matter of priorities. Next, the opposite. Are you stingy? There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Hmm. Verse 25 speaks for itself. You know, Ronnie, do you remember fat. when uh, we first, we, we were getting pretty serious, and what did I used to do all the time? Do you remember? I think your favorite pastime was balancing your checkbook. Mm -hmm. Every single day to the, to the decimal point, right? Half penny. But you know what? You know what that is, what I found out later? And, you know, is it good to make sure that your, your money is in order? But I found out later that was part of my stinginess. I, I'm, by nature, a very stingy person. I wanted to make sure that all the money that was mine was mine, and I wasn't giving it anywhere to anyone. Next, the fact that you're here and all getting straight A's, good grades, doing well in your classes, says that you are attuned to hard work. So it is a given here that he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain void of understanding. Then we also have the greed. For the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's what I had. While right. some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So Don't it is do the good. lottery. Yeah. Well, it's more than that, hon. It's also a matter of all your hard work needs to have a purpose. And we'll just deal with that a little later. Next, let's be faithful. I think when you return to your church or the church here, you understand what it means to be faithful in your resources. That doesn't call for us to hurry to be rich. A faithful, steady man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Mm -hmm. I think as you matriculate from this um, establishment, university, university there, <laughs> yeah, you will run into in, your work, in the workplace many who say, hey, invest in this, or I've got oh this, this program, you can get in on the ground floor. It's about to blow up. And if you just recruit 100 of your friends, you'll make millions of dollars. Often doesn't work, folks. It is that, that steady working, that steady investing. Work, and we're not just talking about money. Expand this to your relationships. How are you investing in your family, your friends, those who are important to you, those who've helped you, those who've blessed you? So let's it's be steady. Kind of the same. Make God a priority. Mm -hmm. This faithfulness and giving. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. That's written on my checkbook. I am a testament. My wife and I are a testament to what it means mm -hmm. to give him your first fruits. Mm -hmm. Try him. Are we still talking about relationships here, Ed? Yes, we are. Okay. We are. Self-assessment. Self-assessment. Self because you will find money can be one of the biggest obstacles to failure of relationships, mm -hmm. especially once you get into marital relationships. Mm -hmm. Plan for your unresolved debt. The wicked boweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you're giving back to the bank. So keep that in mind in your planning.
And we know that there's student loans and that type of things, but there needs to be a plan. We should not, if we have to take a loans, let's not be of the, the percentage that defaults, okay? Yes. So all this leads us to having a financial plan. Being diligent, know the state of thy flocks. And let's not have unrealistic expectations. <clears throat> I'm going down to Luke 12, 19 and 20. It says, I will say to my soul, thou hast much laid up goods in my, for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, thou fool, hmm. this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hadst provided? What was his expectation? He, he wasn't wanted going to, anywhere. He thought, I, I've got it all together. I don't need to do anything else, right? Never. So. So, what about health, you guys? Is that an, uh, something that we need to do to prepare for relationships? Because what is our goal? Marriage, Marriage and? To glorify God. That's Very right, God. that's right. So, like Daniel, we need to purpose to live healthy. Um, so, we, you know, I, I think that is so important, that word purpose. It's kind of tuning our hearts to God and saying, help, because we can't really do it, but we need to have that aim to live healthy. Anyways, guess what? If the aim is marriage, is it just your body? I mean, we're going to, and I just want to warn you, the next session is going to get a little bit more warm. But is it just your body? It's not just your body. So what kind of body do you want to present to your potential partner, right? We all have different strengths and, strengths and weaknesses in every area of our lives, but we need to purpose to do the best that we can with what we have. Is that understood? Colossians, 1 Corinthians 7, 4 says, the wife doesn't have power over her body, but the husband. Likewise, a husband doesn't have power of his body, but the wife. And another scripture says, you, that's when you get to that aim, not yet, are not your own. Okay? So, um, should you exercise to take care of your body? Yes. Yes. The scripture says, Bodily pro exercise profiteth a little. But does that mean it doesn't profit at all? Right. So do we want to do the things that profit? So I know we're in school, and I know it's really busy, and I know who has time for that. But what was that first thing we said for health? Purpose. Purpose. And it may not look like, you know, I don't know, super marathon running person right now, but still do something. Purpose. All right. Now, I know that um, addictions are real, right? We, we, addictions are real. And so if, you, if anyone is struggling with addictions, and there's no shame in that, we are from, we're a sinful world, right? We're in a sinful world, and addictions, for whatever reason, I think Pastor Pepper's talked about this this morning in uh, the question and answer, that some things we're born with and some things um, we've cultivated, whatever the reason, they're real. But you just don't say, it's okay. No, we seek to overcome addictions, any and all of them. Proverbs 21 says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. But remember, and this is the mercy of God. Yes, we live in a sinful world. Yes, we have addictions. But 
he has made a way of escape. Seek it. Seek it through accountability. Seek it through counseling. Seek it. Just don't live with it. It's not okay to just let it go, right? So, um, and the fifth thing is, hi, to maintain and obtain good mental health. Proverbs 14.30 says, a heart of at peace gives life to the body. That's right. Next facet we deal with is communications. <clears throat> Very important here. First, we want to look at godly communications. I think that's a given here, folks. No profanity, hmm. no gossip, sarcasm. Kind of getting the idea? You know what, Ronnie? <clears throat> I read a statistic just this week that said among Christian young people, that's the number one eh, profanity. It's something like, I'm a Christian, but I curse. That's fine. But God's view is, let the words of my mouth <laughs> and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, Lord. Mm-hmm. Also, very important, wait, gentlemen, good listening. <clears throat> My wife would say I'm quite guilty there. Some, I don't know if it's genetic, I don't know if it has to deal with certain testosterone levels, but sometimes we're a little sliding there, guys. Can you tell I talk a lot? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so. So, a wise person always says we are blessed with two ears, one mouth. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. <laughs> Once we have done that, let's seek understanding. Let's seek understanding first. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. And this reminds me of a story. My wife and I had been married approximately 10 years. And from the time Maybe we were dating, long. I showered her with flowers and chocolate. When we got married, she had all the flowers I'd given her dried and pressed, which was nice. I never saw the chocolate. <laughs> Fast forward 10 years, I figured out why. We were sat- sitting at a Sabbath dinner, and we had all our friends together from cl- collegiate friends together. We're s- sitting around the table after 10 years, and I had just given her this big, huge chocolate bear, solid chocolate bear for her birthday. And it got put up on the shelf. And I'm like, did you want to bring it out? And maybe, and she was like, oh, that's nice. And then one of my buddies, a very good friend, put his hand on my shoulder and gave me the wisest words I've had up he to that point. He asked you a question, hon. He asked me, how do I phrase that? He said, does your wife like chocolate? And I, I went, thought, I hmm. thought Joan didn't, what? Like chocolate. So all of my listening, all of my loving, living for 10, thanks, actually hun. 14 years. Oh, thanks, hon. It took one of my buddies to tell me she doesn't like chocolate. I told him. <laughs> See, he likes chocolate. <laughs> seek understanding. <laughs> seek understanding first. <laughs> and like my, my friend Mark did, speak the truth in love. We always in our communications have friction. Life is frictional. Would you agree? even with the best of friends, and especially with the best of lovers. There's friction. There's friction. But when we have that, we interact with kindness, even in the face of ugliness. We bless, pray for them that persecute you. And sometimes among your friends, you may even feel persecuted. Bless and curse not. I've never been ugly, you guys. (laughs) Rejoice with them. Rejoice with them who rejoice. (laughs) 
and weep with them who weep, but let us be kind. Yes. Finally, our communication needs to be open. We're speaking the truth in love. And this is a very important principle we need to put to, put to work in our lives. If you've had someone trespass against you, go and tell him the fault. Not her or him or her or him. Go to the person who's at fault, whether it's your spouse, your friend, your parent, whoever that relationship is. In the church, outside the church work, it is a word of wisdom that is well applied in our lives. And finally, in our communication, communicate our expectations clearly. God does it all. He communicates quite clearly through scripture. Now he does expect us to delve into it and extract those principles. But since we are not God, we can't command. He asked us, what do I require to do justice? Love, mercy, and walk humbly. Right. So we didn't know how to go here because conflict is going to be a part of everybody's relationship because we're just two different people coming from two different worlds and when you're assessing you really do need to understand how people deal with conflict so what we did instead of doing you don't have all those my husband was so gracious to put everything in slides but what we did we broke it down into three big three three large areas rather than all of the scriptures. But if you want to know details, I have the scriptures. But the first thing in conflict for conflict or assessment is determine the things that make you angry. Fear, bad memories, lack of patience. Um, and then understand how you deal with conflict. It's important. Do I attack? Do I withdraw? Those things are very important for you to know. Are you vengeful or argumentative? God has solutions for those things, but you have to be real and assess them. And then thirdly, understand how to work on a plan to best deal with anger and conflict. And that's all we'll say except to tell you this story. I'm doing all the admissions here. What's that? What's that all about? But when we were dating... I figured out she didn't like chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> wait, wait, did I? <laughs> when we were dating, um, we had an alumni weekend, and I had already uh, graduated and gone back home and had a job, but my husband lived in the town where our school was, and... Um, so I had come back and I was all excited because I hadn't seen him in a long time and it's like, yay! And we were driving to the place where we had the, the convention for the alumni weekend and we ran out of gas. Well, how do you all think I dealt with that? Not well, not well at all. My husband says I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. <laughs> he says I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. That had never happened to me in my life. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> now, by the grace of God, remember we said we didn't, some things we did right, some things we did wrong. By the grace of God, I'm certain my husband thought, how is she going to respond 
when other things go wrong. But by the grace of God, we're still here 32 years later. <laughs> yes, but that is not how to deal with conflict. I was angry and I let him know it. That will never happen again with me. <laughs> so, yeah, so you just need to assess how do you deal with conflict? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. The other facet, God, from God's view, he wants you to examine is education. First of all, education needs to be practical. True education, and I said true education embraces physical, mental, and moral training so that powers will be fitted for the best development to do service for God. Again, giving glory to God. And we've kind of talked about all of that practical stuff so far, right? Okay. Yes. I think that speaks for itself. Second, it has to be vocational. Well, you missed you that other word. scripture, honey. That's a good one. The one before. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so let me just start this off, right? So you're in college, you have a friend, and you're like, we need to, you know, get married. Or no, we need to, hmm. <laughs> Remember, this is being recorded, dear. I, I'm just saying, you're just feeling very emotional, very passionate about it. And you want to get right into the life. to life, right? Life. And the scripture does say it is better to marry than to burn, and that's burn with passion, not burn in hell, although they could. Oh, but <laughs> it is better to marry than to burn, but now go, hun. What else does it say? It also says, so this is why we have to think about, that's why you're here, vocational. You're looking at your, planning for your careers. If any provide or think, uh, if any think not, or think, uh, it's plan before, oh, that looks, if any provide not for his own, that means think about or have a plan for his own, especially those of his own house, he is denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So yes, you may be burning with the desire to move forward and connect, but vocational, your education, whatever it looks like, everybody, everybody has a different plan, trajectory, but planning for your vocation is important. And the Bible says, count the cost. Count the cost. So. Finally, we want to talk about influences. Very important facet of your relationships and seeking your relationships. Your view of relationships are often formed from your family of origin. Mm -hmm. Examine how that it takes place, why, and how that will affect your decision-making process. Also, another assessment you need to make is, who are your immediate influences in your life? If you show me a man's friends, I can show you the character of that man. You are, they say you are what you eat, but you're also who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is it just friends like, hi, you're my friend? Is it just friends like people like that? Are those the only influences, guys? What are some other influences that can affect what? Mm -hmm. Okay, parents. Um, yes. Uh, how about social media? Any media? Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mm hmm. Good. Good. So, our call is for you to be transformed. Take note also the world's wisdom is stupid. <laughs> and you're not immune from any other influences. 
look at family influences. We see here that Azahiah also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. He followed after his father. Mother. And he did evil. His mother. And he did evil, just like his father. Who are so, his influences? Check your influences. Also, those religious influences, whatever form they may be. Just realize that we don't want to be carried around with winds of doctrine. So could it be our pastor or our professor? Any one of the above. Yes. All it takes is a little bad influence, folks. A little leaven, leaven it the whole loaf. So be aware. So our plan is for you to say, search me, O God. Mm-hmm. So you think you're ready now? Okay. <laughs> I don't see your enthusiasm here. I see one not I see two nodding heads and everybody's looking with this blank stare like, oh, oh, oh. Are you okay. interesting? Will you be interesting when you do these assessments? Who's able? Who's able? God is able. God is able. So we've looked at God's view of dating. Character assistance, assessment, the what, why, to glorify him, how, the preparation, and when is appropriate. And then we'll move on to the next session. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.